Blog Talk Radio. Good evening. This is Reverend Trish Hall, and I welcome you this evening to our uh, The Art of Living Spiritually. Uh, so glad that you are able to join us this evening. And as we join, as we open ourselves to the realization that we are all in this life together and that we are all expressions of the one divine creator, we sense the need to say yes to the impulsion of spirit, to be spiritual activists, growing individually and supporting all other expressions of the divine. And so thank you for joining us this evening. If you have any questions, just raise your hand uh, by uh, putting the little symbol up, and I will be able to give you a live wire so that you can uh, ask your questions. This evening, we're talking about how to find peace amid chaos. And we must uh, consciously practice being simultaneously awake, alert, mindful, discerning, open-hearted, flexible, focused, and embodiment of love. And that sounds like a really tall order. And yet it's amazingly simple to achieve. Finding Finding peace amid chaos can sometimes feel overwhelming, yet circumstances are feeling when circumstances are feeling overwhelming, finding peace is the only way to remain in sanity. And I should be more specific, remain in sanity, not remain in sanity. Uh, we are constantly confronted by circumstances. And sometimes we forget that we have choice about whether we let those circumstances control us. It's all too easy to topple into the swirl of chaotic conversations about politics, about wars, about relationships, about finance, about all these other things that are going on all around us. And the old phrase of name it, but better yet that we learn how to not name it. There was an old adage that declared, name it, claim it. Well, that works, and especially if it's in a positive vein, that's a good thing because when you name something and claim it, you propel yourself toward that that you have named and claimed. And if it's a positive outcome or positive experience that you're desiring and you come from that direction, it's just absolutely amazing what difference that will make. But that same thing, since we are working with a universal law, often we don't consider how dealing with that universal law or principle says yes no matter what. And when it says yes and you are claiming because of how you are emotionally attached, for instance, to the chaos, that you may actually be attracting it to you. Because that law that says yes to us and manifests what we are what we are feeling strongly and believe in, uh, it doesn't protect us from our own choices. It doesn't protect us from the consequence of our own choices. And so if we have have all of that energy around something we don't desire, we become magnetic to it whether we like it or not. And so we have the power of discernment, which is 
which enables or empowers us to use our power of decision, our power of choice. We are called to evaluate and anticipate the probable impact of our decisions. A lot of people don't do that. They just kind of shoot from the hip. They don't pay attention at all to what what the consequences are. And consequences are good or bad by our human label. Consequences aren't either good or bad. Consequences simply are. There is something that happens, an effect, which happens when we put a cause in motion. And so sometimes we get caught up in the swirl, and when we do it surprisingly, it's surprising how swiftly we can lose sight of how much influence we really have, how important it is for us to remain aware of the good, of the greater good, and how we are called to do our part. When we are making choices and spouting off and getting all up into the swirl of things, it's it's really, really easy to lose sight of how we can truly make a difference. Some of us have committed to being change agents, change for good agents. And so in our human our human journey is often fraught with contradiction, contrast, polar opposites, pulling us apart from within. Constantly we are challenged with which direction should I should I go? We must rigorously ask ourselves what are my choices? What are the choices that I am setting in motion? As said before, to find peace amid chaos, we must consciously practice being simultaneously awake, that is paying attention, alert, keenly alert, mindful of what we're thinking and what we're doing and how we are being, what is going on around us, discerning, looking and evaluating of what's going on in our lives. And we must stay open in the in the swirl of life often the defensive position or the reaction to it is to close our hearts. And we're never going to bring about world peace or achieve inner peace when we are closed. We have to be flexible. We have to be focused. And deeply we have to be the embodiment of of love And yes, it is a tall order. So peace is not something you can just don like putting on a hat or a new suit of clothes. It is ultimately a shift in consciousness that you carry with you. That is the foundation of your beingness that you exude simply by being you. And on the path to that livingness of peace, it is a conscious moment-by-moment decision in every circumstance, in every relationship. We ask ourselves, what would, paraphrasing something from many years ago, what would love do in this situation? How would peace show up in this situation? Denzel Washington declared, my faith helps me understand that circumstances don't dictate my happiness, my inner peace. So, We can choose to control our circumstances or control how we react and respond to our circumstances, or we can let that control us. So the basic process begins with getting to know more about yourself. 
engage your power of discernment to determine how am I to be in this world? Start by asking, what is mine to do? Now, a favorite quote of mine from Charles Fillmore, the founder of Unity, on his 94th birthday declared, I fairly sizzle with zeal and enthusiasm as I spring forth with mighty faith to do the things that ought to be done by me. And I think about at 94, and yet if we are fully into the livingness of our whole our life, if we are being fully present with our life, why not at 94 have that same zeal and enthusiasm that we brought um, unknowingly as a child? But now we get to decide, we get to, to be awake and aware and alert and pay attention to those things that bring us joy. We, are, we get to choose that zeal and enthusiasm. We let it energize us to engage wholeheartedly in what spirit is calling us to do. An essential counterpart of identifying what is yours to do is to identify the opposite. It's so easy to get sidetracked into those things that don't bring us joy. I know that I'm particularly um, well, some of the time I am, well, I'm with this true confession. I am distractible. I have so many interests and I get off track. I get sidetracked. And sometimes I'll say yes to doing something because somebody has asked me to do it and because I happen to have skills which are not necessarily the ones that bring me joy. Simply because you're good at something or you happen to have a skill does not mean that it's spirit calling you to do it. It doesn't even mean that it's, that it's yours to do. It only means that you've developed a skill. And so don't get sidetracked into those things that don't bring you joy and fulfillment. You know what it is to really open to that uh, that time of uh, of spirit welling up in you when you find that time has flown because you were in the zone. You were so caught up in being alive as spirit that time disappeared. It just went on hold while you were completely engrossed. So it's important to discern, to differentiate between what is and what is not yours. That is those magical moments that open and create that path to inner peace. And once you've identified what is not yours, to gather the courage and often boldness to decline what isn't mine. And when that little phrase came to me recently, I thought, that's got a lot of power in it. If I'm clear about what is not mine and I can graciously, lovingly, decline what is not mine to do, then I communicate more clearly with the person who may have asked me to do something. Uh, I honor my own joy and happiness. I'm able to convey to them in a loving manner that it really is somebody else's. 
And so very often uh, we end up doing things that somebody else could do better, but it's because it's on the plate in front of us, and so we take it on and say yes. And when instead, if we really look at this joy and fulfillment that truly leads to that wonderful sense of fulfillment and that quiet state of peace, then we realize that probably what doesn't actually, what's not mine, uh, is somebody else's. And if it's somebody else's, I need to step aside and encourage them and give them the opportunity without my interference or direction, be fulfilled in doing what is theirs to do. Sometimes with home improvement people, and I won't mention one in my life, uh, we end up trying to do things that aren't ours to do when it would be much easier to purchase a service from somebody else who knows how to do it really well It gives them income. It gives them an opportunity for fulfillment. And so that that deciding or discerning what is mine and what is not is so important. Peace Pilgrim said a number of years ago, there is a criterion by which you can judge whether the thoughts you are thinking and the things you are doing are right for you. The criterion is, Have they brought you inner peace? And so I'll slow down for just a moment and allow you to go to your own thoughts, to your own sense. Listen again to the words of Peace Pilgrim. There is a criterion by which you can judge whether the thoughts you are thinking and the things you are doing are right for you. The criterion is, have they brought you inner peace? Only you can answer that question. And so you might make note of it and ask it a couple of times of yourself now and then. Perhaps when you're taking on a new project or revisiting or completing a project that you're already in, Maybe it's the perfect time to say, hey, has it brought me inner peace? Has it brought me that depth of joy and happiness that casts me on that road to peace and, and lifts me out of whatever circumstance or sorrow seems to be going on? And so we're each imbued with this amazing thing called discernment. It is an absolutely awesome gift that spirit has imbued in us. It is the ability to be mindful in each moment, to observe ourselves and how we are being and evaluate. It allows us and empowers us to look at how we are interacting with our world and the individuals in it. It allows us to choose how to relate to circumstance. And it gives us that avenue to find peace everywhere. Because when I started off with finding peace amid chaos, chaos is an appearance. And in the current political climate with the media frenzy stirring unrest and conversations everywhere about this one blaming that one and vice versa, it feels like 
I have to turn it all off, not even listen to the weather report because the sponsors of, of the weather reports are political ads. It's almost like I can't get away from it. Everywhere I turn, there's something of that. And frankly, resentment arises within me. It feels like I cannot conduct my life in the way I want to because I'm bombarded with all of this about politics. And the truth is, politics is a good thing. Politics is how we work our world. Partisan politics, on the other hand, and I will jump off of my soapbox shortly. But as that resentment, I resist taking on the mantle of victim. Yet that is part of the swirl, the feeling that I have to figure out workarounds and my humanity is pushing back. I am being very human and I know I am more than that. I know that I am more than thing to do with my circumstance and how we start looking at moving to inner peace is by realizing I don't I may not be able to control circumstance they're out there. But I at all times, and you at all times, have the power to control how you react, how you respond to the circumstances that are happening all around you. That's where the choice really comes in. And we're in a time of great social change, a period of of shifting and uh, out out of chaos always rises to a new and different level, but in the meantime, it can feel pretty hectic. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. declared, one of the great liabilities of history is that all too many people fail to remain awake through great periods of social change. Every society has its protectors of the status quo, and and its fraternities of the indifferent who are notorious for sleeping through revolutions. But today, our very survival depends on the ability to stay awake, to adjust to new ideas, to remain vigilant and face the challenge of change. For many people, change creates an internal unrest, and they feel an internal chaos. And so um, I'm going to interrupt myself. I saw that somebody raised their hands with question. And so uh, welcome. Uh, can you give me your first name? Hi, Urban Trace. My name is Jason. Oh, hi, Jason. You have a question. You I do. I am good. So my, my, my question is every task, and, and I'm just going off of what I heard, but every task we undertake in life, we should enjoy. I just want to <laughs> want try to get some clarity around that. Um, uh, tasks that we willingly undertake, and I'm not talking about mundane tasks like paying your bills or going to the grocery store, but um, uh, things that we willfully undertake, um, uh, doing something for our families or something in our communities. Every single thing is, has to be something that you absolutely want to do. I just want to clarify that. Okay. Uh, you have some have-tos and shoulds and things in there. And uh, the quote from uh, from uh, Peace Pilgrim, 
and I agree with her, just so you know, uh, is the criterion for what you should be thinking and doing is does it bring you inner peace? And I expand on where Peace Pilgrim went with it and say, if you cannot find joy in what you are doing, then you probably need to enjoy in depth of happiness, not frittery stuff, but that's fun too. But if if you cannot find joy in it, then probably you need to reexamine what you're doing. If you cannot find fulfillment in what you're doing, now that might be in a career thing where the doing of the function may, may be kind of icky, but you get the reward of a sense of a job well done. You get your joy by your sense of accomplishment or fulfillment. Uh, it might be for caregivers where what they're doing on a day-to-day basis may not be very joyful. But when they are able to look at it in terms of how have I served, what have I provided, what have I, uh, how have I been a transformative force in the world, that sort of thing, sometimes we have to look for that joy. But if you cannot find the joy in what you are doing, you probably need to be looking for something else to do. Does that, am I answering the question you asked? You are. Just soaking it in. Thank you. Okay. Sometimes I answer a lot of questions that people haven't asked. So I'm just thinking, sure. So, um, Going on with um, the uh, the idea of a practical application of what we are doing, um, I, I'll catch myself up. Uh, today we are continuing to look at practical applications of universal prin- principles, that is natural laws and practices that you can take on today and experience immediate change. Uh, a quote from Dr. Ernest Holmes that I really love because I do like change. A lot of people uh, find ca- uh, change uh, very up, um, uh, disturbing. They like to hang on to things like uh, Dr. King was saying. According to Dr. Holmes, we should always be breaking down old patterns of thought and creating new ones of a greater vision. And so going back to Jason's question a little is that if we might be in a a situation in a a job or an activity that isn't bringing us joy at the moment and we know that it's a peace and a greater vision and that greater vision is what we are, uh, what we desire, then it's going to bring us that fulfillment, that inner peace or that joy. So, uh, we have choice as to how the impact of the great periods of social change will uh, take part or how we'll take part of them. Will it be drawn from compassion and peace or this great social change? Will it just rage rampant? And that is up to us to answer for ourselves and to be willing to stand up and say, I am here on behalf of peace. 
I am here on behalf of compassion. I take a stand for this. And so even though I, you know, I, I or looking further at what is the law that we're working with, and like last week, it's the law of cause and effect, because every choice we make has a consequence. And uh, it's simple, uh, strictly at the human level that we label things good or bad. Consequences simply are the result of the choice. And so uh, when we label it one way or another, what we're doing is affecting how it affects us, not anything to do with the fact that the cause simply had an effect. And so when we are looking at what causes are we put in, putting in motion, what are, what are our choices doing, it's always a good thing to ask, uh, is, is my pursuit of peace amid chaos, do I remember that it is my choice to make and it is my choice to select actions that support my choice? To sing compassion amid chaos. It's really easy to get distracted into reactivity. And reactivity and compassion are not, uh, don't coexist. So we need to have a big concept of the fundamental nature of life and law and God and the universe in order to put our choices into context and be able to find peace everywhere. The hugeness of our context instantly shifts how we relate to circumstance. Have you ever been around someone who is so wrapped up in the drama of their situation that their circumstance is huge and they feel small when instead if we get the concept of how huge spirit is, then we can see that the circumstance is not bigger than we are. We are bigger than the circumstance. And we can control our response to it and we can support others in also having that effect on the circumstance so that collectively can have a, we can make a huge difference. When we listen to the inner light, it will give us guidance. When we listen to inner peace, it will feed and fulfill us. When we in, Listen to inner love. It will transform us. Sri Chinmoy said that I was paraphrasing a little. But the practice that I recommend to you today, do it over the week and hopefully come back next week and report. Choose your perspective. I mean, really choose it with your heart. Do you desire peace? Can you feel yourself embodying peace? Are you willing to do what it takes to move forward toward it? Are you willing to do what it takes to be peace? And so ask yourself, what is it that's stirring my desire to change my current experience? Is my current experience not feeling very peaceful? And so what is it that my soul is seeking? What is it that I'm being prompted to do? How is it I'm being called to serve? And so what do I need to do right now? Because 
right now is the moment to start the process. And I'm going to lead you through a very brief but very gentle meditation. And that meditation you can do anywhere, whether it's on the metro or wherever you may be. And so I invite you to breathe. Breathe in deeply and observe what is happening in your body. Notice if tension is showing up anywhere. Breathe deeply. Consciously relax. Soften those places where tension showed up. Breathe deeply and open to the hugeness of the universe. open to spirit as the life-giving energy in you and as you. And allow your beingness to soften. Stop grasping at the chaos and embrace the stillness. And allow the things we call circumstance, the chaos, to shrink to the perspe- in perspective to the hugeness of the universe of the divine. And recognize yourself. Recognize the beauty and the power and the presence, the discernment the divinity of yourself. Play and enjoy being you at peace. Deeply and reconnect with yourself, your physical anatomy, begin to return your attention to this time and this space, perhaps wiggling fingers and toes. Be present with this moment and recognize that we have this evening put a new cause in motion. 
this cause is peace. The simple weaving of a physical practice that can be done anytime, everywhere, in mindful, directed, conscious breathing with the intention to experience peace. The effect can be enjoyed immediately. Imagine the swirl of chaos. Recognize that it is going on. Acknowledge that you may sense that you are being pulled into a vortex. Choose to see and feel yourself stepping out of its pull. Opt to breathe into the present moment and be peace. And so I hope that you have enjoyed this evening. I invite you to be peace. May you enjoy the richness, happiness of life that accompanies being at peace with yourself and your world. May you bring healing peace to all. We invite you to come and spend Sunday mornings with us at Center for Spiritual Living Metro. We meet at the Arlington Arts Center at 3550 Wilson Boulevard in Arlington. Our service time on Sunday mornings is 10 a.m., We have a meditation, a quiet meditation at at 9.15 each Sunday morning at the same location. And once a month, and this happens to be the coming Sunday, we invite everyone to enjoy an hour of meditation with Himalayan singing bowls. And that's at 7.45 on Sunday evening. Uh, the first Sunday of each month, so that's this coming Sunday. And we will, um, that is held at Blue Nectar Yoga at 513 uh, West Broad Street in Paul's Church. And that again is at 745. Our service again is at 10 o'clock on Sunday morning by the Arlington Arts Center. Please join us. Namaste. Namaste.